Uh, tonight we're back with uh, Psalm 66. We've been doing this uh, every other Wednesday uh, through the Psalms and then a, uh, a particular topic uh, the other Wednesday nights. And tonight we're back with uh, Psalm 66. Now this psalm is entitled to the chief musician, a song, a psalm. Um, as with uh, Psalm 65, uh, this one is described both as a song and a psalm. Uh, and I think this is the first psalm since uh, Psalms 50, I believe, that wasn't attributed uh, to David. Uh, it just says, uh, titled to the chief musician. Uh, there's not a time period set for this particular psalm. Uh, some thinks it is after uh, they, uh, they defeated uh, the Syrian army uh, during the time of Hezekiah, that Hezekiah was... Uh, coming off of his uh, health battle that he overcome through God and also the victory. They said this is when this is attributed to, but uh, there's not really anything in this psalm that actually says that. Um, there's actually a lot of, you know, I get surprised sometimes when you get to reading commentaries, you get to reading uh, some historians, you get to reading some other biblical scholars. Some of the things that uh, these scholars uh, dispute about <laughs> uh, when it comes to things that you know it doesn't just like this when was this psalm uh, when was this time period uh, it doesn't say so I don't know why you would dispute about it uh, other than there are you know it's saying it's such a joyful song it's got to be after some great event and it very well could be but there's a lot of principles I think that we can apply to our lives just in general uh, let's look at the first couple of verses. It says, Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Now notice it starts out first. Make a joyful shout to God on uh, all the earth. Uh, as in the previous and the next psalm, Psalm 66 has uh, not only Israel in view, it has the whole earth in view. Um, you know, make a joyful shout here to God, it says. I, I think whatever time period this is that Israel was going through, I think it's such a great event that, one, they realize not only this nation, not only them can praise God, maybe they're thinking their, their praise isn't good enough. The whole earth needs to for this great event that just took place in order to praise God for who he is. But I think one thing it does show of the, the psalmist's knowledge here of uh, that it's not just the God of Israel. It's the God of the whole earth. And he says the whole earth should praise him. But it says make a joyful noise. Uh, is there any other kind? I mean, think about that. Um, you know, I think it's, it's saying we don't need so much to make noise as we do a joyful noise. So what would be a joyful noise? You know, one of, I think, the chief ways of praising God is through song, but it's not the only way. But uh, if we're singing praises to God, uh, is there any difference in just making a noise and a joyful noise to God? If we're praising Him, is there a difference? Can we just make noise? Does that mean that I need to do better because probably when I'm singing, it's not a joyful noise? Is that what we're talking about, you think? 
Yeah, <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's right. I think sometimes we go through just the... When it comes to praising God, when we think about worship and we think about praising God in general, there's a sense of uh, mechanicalism to it. And what I mean by that, of going through the motions. Okay, I, I have to worship God. Here's the acts of worship. Okay, it's time to do them. It's a time to... Uh, uh, to sing now, it's a time to pray, it's a time to do the Lord's Supper, it's a time to give, it's time, to, you know, it's, we've got a set time for each one of these, which is, is great, we, we need to do things decently in order, but sometimes we just look at it, okay, it's, it's time to sing this song again, or it's time to, to pray, do we really, are we really praising God? Because when it comes to praising uh, someone, it says make, uh, make his praise glorious, um, it says here, now, uh, I actually wrote down this, this little uh, quote. Let me see if I can get it. Yeah, it says, uh, this is from Boyce. It says, praise requires concentration on the thing, person, or deity being praised. Thanks tend to be, uh, thanks tend to be focused on what the speaker has received and thus may become rather narrow and hasty. In the expression of thanksgiving, the self may become the primary subject, but this is much less likely to happen in praise, or it shouldn't happen in praise. So what is our problem? If we're praising God, and I, that's one thing I like about this song, because it goes through and tells why we should praise him, but we should think about this every time we're singing praises to him, shouldn't we? We should think about this every time we're worshiping. Every time we're praising God in whatever form or fashion we're doing it, we need to think about why. It, it could be a general statement of, uh, just God for who he is, that, that he is God. Um, it gets a little more uh, specific here. It says, sing out the honor of his name. You know, when you think about Israel especially, there was, there was more to God than just the general sense of God, wouldn't it? There was something to his name, wasn't there? You know, it, it's about his character. It's about who he is. They're thinking about who this God is. Something distinguished him uh, from all the other so-called gods. When they called out to their God, this one true God, it wasn't an unknown God. You know, Paul talked about that, didn't he? You know, he, he, he called out there in Athens, uh, uh, the one that they were worshiping to the unknown God. God shouldn't be unknown to us. If we're going to praise him, if we're going to worship him, if we're going to make a joyful noise to him, we have to know who he is, don't we? We have to know what he's about. We have to know what he's done. So we can make this in a general sense about praising just God, but I could also praise him because of what I know he's done for me individually in my life, right? We, we should each have a, a praise for that. And, and that's what I think the psalmist is getting into here um, when he talks about praising God. But he says, make a joyful shout to God all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name Make his praise glorious. It's not just about praising. It's about praising with a purpose, with a, a singular one in mind. Parker, do you have something? Yeah, and, and put, um, 
and I don't know how to say this in the right way, you know, I think we're afraid maybe to praise God. And, and what I mean by that, I think sometimes we think it, because people, you know, one extreme breeds the other, doesn't it? You know, one ism breeds another, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, too charismatic or, or, or over here, you know, sucking on dill pickles. But there's a, there, there's a line there. There's a, a, a reason. We, I, I don't have to be jumping through the pews and, and bouncing off the walls and, 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 and things of this nature. But I, I've got to make sure the, the feeling, the emotion, the reason for my praise that it's not about me. It's about God. You know, it's not how the focus isn't on me. We could get into a whole lesson with mechanical instruments, music, and, and singing with our voices, singing from our hearts. Because to me, the biggest thing is one's about me, the other's about God. You know, if, if it's about my, you know, we always say, well, this is my talent. This is what I give to God. What God wants is my praise. When I sing to God, it sounds good to Him, doesn't it? Because that's what He wants. But I have to make sure my focus is what it should be. My uh, motivation, my intention is what it should be. I can't praise someone if I don't think there's anything to praise them about. You know, if, if I'm going to just think about that, it's the difference between being sincere, complimenting someone, or just flattery. Is there a difference in that? I think there's a big difference, and we can tell what that difference is, isn't we? So if I'm going to praise someone for in general for the work that they've done or, or something they've done for me or something I've seen or something I know about them, it's because I know that about them. It's not just, you know, I'm just complimenting them just to compliment them. So our singing, our praise, our, the things we do toward God, it can't be like that. It, it has to be much more than just going through the mechanics of it. Now, the, maybe a question that was asked then and a question that's asked now, and I think he goes in, uh, the psalmist goes in and answers this, well, how do you do that then? If we're supposed to make a joyful noise, we're supposed to honor his name in our praise, we're supposed to make his praise glorious, how do we do that? Well, look at verse, starting verse 3, he goes on and does this. He says, say to God, how awesome are your works through the greatness of your power. Your enemies shall submit themselves to you. All the earth shall worship you and sing praise to you. They shall sing praise to your name, Salah. Now here's something I think is kind of like Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus has given us a model prayer. Did Jesus teach how to pray, or did he teach a prayer? What did he do there? He, he taught how to pray. He didn't say, just recite this, and that's all you ever have to do. Say your prayers exactly like this. He was teaching them, okay, you've you got to pray to God. Here's how you do that. He's teaching how to do that. I think that's what the psalmist is doing here. When it comes to praising God, he's giving some things, okay, here's how you can praise him. It's not set out, I don't think, to say, okay, here's exactly word for word what you do every time when you praise God. I think he's teaching, here's some things you, here's some things that's praiseworthy uh, uh, for us to do toward God. Yeah. Right. And yet millions and millions and millions of people will let's let's all say the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Now, I'm not saying there's any yeah. Yeah, if you say Lord's Prayer, you gotta go what, John seventeen, if you wanna right. say yeah. But, you know, but I mean it's 
Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that could happen here, and that does happen with us sometimes. We get in a uh, ritualistic mode, maybe, a rut to the extent of, you know, do we think about the words that we're singing? Are they appropriate praise to God? Are they appropriate for the time? Uh, Do we know what we're singing? Do we know who we're singing to? Do we know why we're praising God? I mean, I think that's what we need to think about. You know, we talk about the focus of our prayers, that we're praying to God, and it should come from the heart. It shouldn't be just, you know, ritualistic, or as Jesus put it, just to be heard for big words and things. Well, praise is the same way. We, We should praise God because we want to praise God. He deserves praise. He expects praise, doesn't he? I mean, because look at what he's done. And here's what the psalmist says. Say to God, how awesome are your works? So the first thing we can think of, of of praising God, as he says here, is how awesome are our works? And I like how it says, say to God. It's more than just thinking. Now, I can, can I praise God in my mind? Yeah, I, I can. I can praise God in my thoughts. I can talk to God in my thoughts, but there, I think there comes a time and there's appropriate times to where we actually say it. We actually project it out. We, we let it be known. It's more than just a, a thought on the inside of us. And that's what he's saying here of saying to God. He said, how awesome are your works? We, we can begin to praise God by thinking upon the greatness of his work from creation to salvation to uh, uh, restoration to to a lot of things. I mean, we we could go back to uh, uh, to the very beginning. I, I I didn't get to watch most of it, but I heard uh, pretty much all of the debate with Kyle Butt today, and just listening to the other side of the one who was supposed to be uh, Michael Schumer that was supposed to be uh, denying the the God of the Bible, the existence of God. But I was listening to some of the things that he was saying and. Uh, the one thought kept occurring to me was, well, if you take God out of all of these, because he was saying you can do this anyway. You, you, you can have morals anyway. You can uh, be a good person anyway. You could do, I mean, he was going through all of these points, and I'm thinking to myself, why? Why would you be? What, what's the point? If there's nothing else, if, if this is it, God's not a part of that, and God is where our moral standard comes from. That, that's where we get that from. So if, if he's not part of that, and you take all that away, there, there's nothing left for, for goodness. There's nothing left for morals. There's nothing, you know, there's, there's no, what's the point of it? So when you think about, I got thinking about that in, in terms of this psalm and praising God, you know, we, we could praise him for his awesome works of, of creation, of how he uh, holds everything together. You know, he's the center of everything. He's the beginning of everything. He's the reason for everything. And you start thinking about that. There's, I mean, there's nothing in our life that we can't think about that didn't originate with God. And he's worthy of praise for that. How often do we truly thank him and praise him for, for who he is and what he's done as compared to creation or, or, or to salvation. What did we do to deserve salvation? We didn't do anything to deserve it. You know, what did we do for him to love us so much that he sent his son to die for us? What, I mean, you start thinking and adding these things up. There is, 
I, I think the psalmist is right in the beginning. The whole earth needs to praise him. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't get that loud. We can't get that joyful that we need to get in order to praise God for who he is. Um, but I think we need to do our very best and our might uh, to do that. Um, but notice what he goes on to say. How awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you, all the earth shall worship. Okay, so we, we start by praising him for his awesome works. And his awesome works proves something else. Proves his awesome power. And this awesome God has enemies. But his power is going to overcome those enemies. So he, he gets to talking about how these enemies are going to submit themselves to him. Now, there's an implication here that this isn't willing uh, uh, submission. But this is how powerful God is. God is powerful enough where an individual is going to submit on those terms as far as uh, 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 being defeated, whether they want to or not. You think Satan is going to uh, submit willingly? No. But every knee shall bow. Uh, Philippians tells us that. Did I put Philippians in there? Started to say if I didn't, I was trying to throw you a curveball. Uh, he says that all, remember what Paul said? That all the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of those in heaven, of those on the earth, and those under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. At the end, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess. What about the ones who never submitted and never wanted to, like the atheists who said, or, or the, even the agnostic, that, you know, well, it could be that you think they're gonna, their knee's going to bow? You think their tongue's going to confess? So that's how powerful God is. You can believe in him whether, if you want to or not. You can obey him if you want to or not. That's how loving, that's how gracious he is. But there's consequences for that. His power is going to be shown. His awesome works are going to be shown. His enemies are going to bow. His enemies are going to submit. Consequently, it should be our enemies, right? David talks about this fluently, about the enemies being destroyed. There's Again, there's vindication. We can praise for that vindication. Remember them crying out, how long shall we wait? How long shall we wait till our blood is avenged? It's coming. It's, it, it's coming. So when we think about, and he, the psalmist is going to get into this, but when we think about all the heartache, all the trial, all the, and we start thinking, well, is there really anything to praise God about? Look at the struggles and look at the, everything that's going on. Yeah, we can praise God because the enemy is going to be destroyed. That vindication is coming. That's going to be a great day. You know, we think about that great and final day. It's not just about our salvation. It's about everything that God's going to do. And that's going to be a wonderful day if we're on the right side. But that's worthy of praise. And, and I think that's what he's, what he's talking about here. How awesome are your works. Through the greatness of your power, your enemies shall submit themselves to you. He says, all the earth shall worship you. God may be praised in uh, the recognition of, of, of triumph over all the earth, and his worthiness to receive worship and praise. He, I, I mean, when you think of all the earth, he created it, he controls it, he holds it in his hand. I mean, how, how, how much power does he have to prove that he has? 
you know, you you can just look, you know, that was part of that debate too. You know, you can, you know, how can, I think one thing he, uh, or Schumer compared the belief in God is like an invisible dragon in the, in the garage that you can't see, can't feel, can't smell. So you just feel, him, feel that he's there, and that's all that it is. Well, we can look around and see that there's a God. We, 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 I mean, we're drawing a breath, and we can know that. You know, his, his invisible attributes are seen. This is worthy of praise. And sometimes we take those things for granted. When we get discouraged as a Christian or we get down as a Christian and, and we don't feel like praise, we don't feel like, uh, uh, you know, praising God, those are the things we need to think about. Those are the things we need to keep at the forefront of our minds of he is worthy of praise. Every single bit that we can give him and he expects it. He expects 100% from us, and that's exactly uh, what we should give him. Any thoughts thus far? Well, you said this is kind of a model song. I think, A, the question that comes to me is, should we examine the songs that we sing and say, are the songs we sing hitting these things? And then a B thought is, a song that says, God, you're powerful and you're going to defeat your enemies, that's kind of a scary song. You know, <laughs> do we need to add, do we need to have more of that to the way that we sing as Christians? Yeah. I'm not saying it's scary. I mean, we say many will meet their doom, and we sing that a lot, you know, in this room with people that may or may not be Christians. Yeah. Do we need songs that instill in the people that come to this building, there's kind of a God that you need to have a healthy amount of respect for and fear. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you think about some of our songs. I, I kid Drew all the time when he, he's getting up about uh, lead singing Be Happy. I said, don't tell me how to be when I sing. I may not want to be happy. I may want to be sad when I sing. You know, I may want to be something else. I may not want to sing and be happy, you know. But there's... There, there's times that, and I think the, the Psalms uh, uh, do that, they, they sung these for a purpose. They sung them during trials. And those, those weren't happy songs. They, they sung these th through victories. They sung these through when they overcame. There's a lot of different moments that they did to help them through those moments. And, and, but each one of them praises God even in those down times that we're in it, it does bring comfort, and I think we do need to examine our songs. We do need to see if we're singing. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of times we examine our songs just for um, if they're scriptural or not. You know, oh, I can't sing this. This isn't scriptural. This isn't scriptural. You know, we, we and, and and we need to do that. But we also need to examine what we're singing of the reason behind we're singing them, and understand those songs, and and understand are are they appropriate for the for what we're trying to do. You know, a lot of times a song leader will try to coordinate the songs with what the sermon is to get the mindset right. And I, I like that. I think that's a, that's a good idea. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons uh, uh, for that. But I, I think there needs to be that healthy amount of fear of, uh, of, of, of awesomeness. Because of, sometimes I think we get a little lax when it comes to God. One moment, Jeff. Uh, Bill's had his hand up just a little bit. Well, yeah, and I, I never did like the, the, and I don't think this one has the verse, when these signs come to pass nearing the end at last. What signs are they going to be? But when, they, when you do it on just the basis of Jesus coming soon, my statement always is he's coming sooner today than he was yesterday. So, I mean, he's coming soon. 
you know, I, he's been coming soon for a long time. So I, I think we can get pretty – is nitpicky the right word, I guess? We can get pretty nitpicky. And then sometimes we miss the forest for the trees. Sometimes we, 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 we nitpick it for things like that when we don't even think about uh, – singing oh angry words when we're fussing with somebody else but we'll sing oh angry words you know we, we don't think of it in terms of of kind of things like that i mean you're you're describing chapter three ecclesiastes mm -hmm. And there is a time for that. Every song does it, and and, uh, and I think I do that better every time Drew leads it. I'm like, I may not want to be happy right now. You know, I, I may want to be sad. Don't tell me what to do. Uh, but uh, I, I think we, but there is something about singing that song that does make me feel different. Even if I am, I may feel a little bad or be a little bit grumpy. But you sing that, it's hard to be grumpy Singing, singing, be happy, or you shouldn't, you know. So there, there is something about how that changes our mindset to set the mood for, for what we're doing. Um, but I think, and, and I was just thinking of this on, on, for myself, you know, I, I try to pay attention to prayer. I try to pay attention to, I don't know how much I pay attention to the reason behind my praise to God or how much I give thought to my praise for God, for who he is. You know, it's... Uh, it kind of puts us in our place when we think about uh, God and, and how great he is. Uh, he says uh, also, uh, and they shall sing praise to your name. Again, uh, it, it's not only about this mysterious Lord, it's about truly his character. You know, his name, what does his name mean? You remember when, when Moses... Uh, ask God, well, who am, I, who, who am I going to tell him who it is that sent me? What did he say? I yeah, I am sent me. There's, he, he's who God is. You know, what God was is who God is. What God is doing is what God is always going to do. You know, when we start thinking of it in terms of, of, of God is I am. He's that, that ever-present being. Uh, that, that's just almost unfathomable, you know. When we start thinking about all the things in which, you know, he's a, that we can see throughout Scripture that uh, people have accomplished through his name, uh, it's just astounding. Uh, but he's the same God now that he was then. He's going to be the same God tomorrow that he is today. And that God is worthy uh, of praise. And we should give him that joyful praise that, that brings uh, that glorious praise of his name. Uh, let's look here starting verse 5. Uh, he says, He is awesome in his doing toward the sons of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the river on foot. There we will rejoice in him. He rules by his power forever. His eyes observe the nation. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. Shalah. Again, you've got these breaks of, of these great things that we're praising God about, that we're singing about, that we're stating about. And that does deserve some, some pause, some medica uh, 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 meditation of, of, of what's being said. It says, come and see the works of God, he says. He is awesome in his doing toward the Son of Man. In other words, it's almost like the psalmist saying, if you don't know why to praise him, just come and see. 
Come and see what he's done. Come and look and, and see how he has, has been toward uh, uh, individuals. He turned the sea into dry land. What's he talking about there? Exodus 14, crossing the Red Sea. He says they crossed the river on foot. Was that Joshua 3? And they crossed over the Jordan? You know, he's bringing these great events from, from Scripture and saying, you want to see the awesome works of God? Right here it is. And look how he says about it. He says, there we will rejoice in him. He, he's, not, he's not looking at these events like some, some mysterious story out there. Well, you've heard the story of, uh, of the Red Sea and, and, and the exodus out of Egypt and, and the people walking over on dry land and, and, and Pharaoh's army being destroyed. And so you've heard that story. He didn't say it like that. He says, right here, right there, that's where we're going to praise God. It's almost like he's right there on the banks. Watching it. He, he's part of it. He said that great event is for us just like it was for them. It's still praiseworthy for us. Though we didn't walk, walk through their own dry, dry land, we're still a part of it though. The psalmist said, he says, there we will rejoice in him. Right there. There's, there's a there. There's, it's not some uh, 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 figment of our imagination. This is actually something that uh, is praiseworthy. This is how awesome God is. It, it's almost like, you know, he's telling them, just come and see the works of God. And he's got that crowd gathered together there. And he, he, he's putting them right in the Red Sea on that dry land. He's putting them right there crossing over the Jordan. He said, there's the great works of God. There's something that's praiseworthy. Because what that's going to do, that's going to unlock some things. Okay, you start thinking about what God's done there. You start thinking about what he's done here. For you know what? You're thinking about what he's doing now. You think about how great those works are now to where we have something. So it goes from just a generalization of, of praising God to specific things. You know, I think we're kind of afraid of this too because the, uh, 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 the denominational world throws around the word testimony just... You know, and, and so we're afraid to even say that word anymore. But, you know, the Bible talks that how uh, many people with other signs and wonders that they believe in God because they told about what he did. What's wrong with us telling someone what God's done to change my life? You know, what draws people to the gospel is the gospel. What, what saves them is the gospel. But, but when I start talking to them, you know what they're going to want to know? How's your life any different? Has God made your life any different? Has it changed you at all? And I should be able to give a reason that hope that's in me, shouldn't I? I should be able to tell them, this is how my life is different. This is how my life is going to be different. But ultimately, this is how my eternity is going to be different than what it was. That's what we're looking for, isn't it? That's what we're trying to reach for. So when, when you think about what he's done, I like how he puts these specific things and he says, there we rejoice in him. His, he rules by his power forever. His eyes observe the nation. So it's not only we're observing the one that we praise, we're praising the one that observes us. He takes notice of us. He sees us. He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're facing. He knows the good things that we're doing. That's why Jesus said, when, you know, in Matthew 6, when you pray, go in the closet, pray in secret. It, it don't take standing on the street corner screaming it out with big words for God to see you. God sees you where you're at. He knows what you're saying. 
He, he knows what you're going through. He knows the words you're saying. And he knows the praise that we're giving him. Or the praise that we're not. And he says right here we can see that. Do not let the rebellious exalt themselves. You know there's. Individuals take. And I noticed that. I hate to keep reference that. That's just what I was listening to today. I, I was noticing today. The guy seemed like a nice guy, but there was a sense to me of arrogance to the fact of, okay, if you see it any other way than this, you're ignorant. Matter of fact, he did call Kyle ignorant one time where he said the, the stance that he took come from an ignorant place. In other words, we, we, we stop this and just say it's God. You know, then he said there was probably a 99% chance they were aliens, so how can you believe in that? <laughs> but that's a different story. But... You know, I, I was thinking about that, and, and, there, and I think that's the way the world can be. There's a sense of arrogance. There's a sense of, of this joy in that rebellion. But we can take pride to know, okay, he's going to shut the mouths of those individuals. He, he, he's going to overcome that. You know, the Bible talks about numerous times shutting the mouths of these things. We don't have to do it because we can just make it worse. If I want to go over here and shut the mouth of someone, how am I going to do it? I may want to punch them in the mouth. I may want to do something and think that's all, all that does is make it worse. It's now not only are they a problem, I'm a problem. But God is going to take care of those enemies. And, and again, that, that within itself is praiseworthy. Uh, now, now, here's where he gets into some more reasons to praise God. But it may not seem like... It's praiseworthy things, and we're going to have to hurry if we get through this. He said, Oh, bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, who keeps our soul among the living, does not allow our feet to be moved. For you, O oh God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver. Silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Now notice what he says. Oh, bless our God, you peoples, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. Who keeps our soul among the living does not allow our feet to be moved. He, he, he starts out by saying, here's why he's praiseworthy. He, he plants us that we can be a solid foundation, that we're standing on the right foundation to where we can't be moved. But notice what he says that this God worthy of praise actually has done. He said, you've tested us, you've refined us as silver is refined. He says, here's how you do it. In other words, he's, he's refining silver where all the drop and everything's coming up to the top. And he's that, that perfect one that can skim all that off the top till he looks in that silver and can see his reflection. That, that's what he's doing. He's refining us. And how does he do it? He says, okay, we thought that we were free, but he says, but you brought us into a net. He said, you've laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. So he, now he's starting to name these things. It almost seems like it's not praiseworthy. But he's saying these things that they're going through, these things that uh, bring about these afflictions, it, it's God refining us. It's, that's where you truly know that your faith is strong. God is getting us to where if we let him, He's getting us where, and that's exactly what he wants to do because we are an image of him, right? We're a reflection of him. That's what we should be showing. So he's refining us till he can see his reflection. And the only way he can do that <coughs> is through these afflictions that we go through. 
Because that's how we truly know whether our faith is true or not. I've said this before and I always say it. How do I know when I'm having a good day? How do you know that? Do you ever know if you ever had a good day, Jeff? How do you know you've had a good day? Yeah. Well, we, we've got to have something to compare it to. Yeah. 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 I know. I know when I've I'm going through difficult times because I've had easy times, and in those easy times that that's a time to take a breath. That's a time to rejuvenate. That's a time to build up your strength because another time's coming. That's where the refining is. That's where our faith gets stronger each and every time. That's, that's where some of the greatest blessings are found in some of the, the, the struggles that we go through. And that's what the, the psalmist is saying here. Notice again, he says, You laid afflictions on our back. You have caused men to ride over our head. We went through the fire and through the water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Is it worth the struggle? Is it worth the heartache? Is it worth that refining? Why do you think people refine silver? Is it worth more? Does it look better? Is it, I mean, it's, it, it's because it's, it's just a better, it's a better product. That's, that's how you get it. There's no other way to get it than that. Well, that's what God is doing for us. He, he wants us to be the very best that we can be. And for my faith to be that, we, we can look at Peter for that. All the things that Peter went through to refine his faith. He had a lot of struggles. I mean, he, he suffered. Look at Paul. Paul still had that thorn in the flesh. Why? He, he, so it could keep him where he needed to be. Because Paul said time and time again, I'm doing the things I don't want to do. I'm not doing the things that I want to do. That flesh and that spirit is constantly battling. It's constantly battling. But I can get through it. I'm reaching forward. I'm not yet obtained. We've not yet become what he needs us to become and what he knows we can become. But when we stand before him, we will be. I can't do that on my own. I can't make me into that on my own. If I could, I wouldn't need him. Isn't that what Jesus said? I didn't come to call the righteous but the sick. You think you're fine already? There's nothing I can do to help you. <laughs> Basically... I come to the ones who know they need help. I come to the ones who knows they need refining and want to be better. Want to be better. That's praiseworthy, and that's what the, uh, uh, the psalmist is saying. Uh, let's go a little farther. He said, I will go into your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer you burnt sacrifices of fat animals, with a sweet aroma of rams, I will offer bulls and goats. He's saying, because of what you've done, because of what I know you've done, I'm giving you everything that you're due. That, that's everything that's, he said, I'm sacrificing. I'm making these vows. I'm doing all this because you deserve it. And all of this is on his mind of, not because he has to, because he wants to. And that's what our service has to become. It has to sometime change from I have to do it to I want to do it. To me, that's how the Old Testament and New Testament was. The Old Testament showed you the boundaries. The Old Testament was your parent teaching you how to do it, you know, teaching you stay within the boundaries, teaching you what sin is, teaching you things. You do this, you stay safe. You do this, you don't. Teaching you those things. Then you get into what Christ has done and our obedience to him. We do that because we want to. We honor him. We, we, we want to follow him like... 
You know, as we're growing up, we want to honor our parents to appreciate all the teaching that they gave us. And we want to do that, not that we always do, but we want to do the very best that we can because we want to. That's how it is, I think, with God. That's how we, we need to do We do these things because we want to. And I think that's what the psalmist is expressing here. Look at verse 16 through 19. Come and hear all you who fear God. And I will declare what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and he has exalted me with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended the voice of my prayer. I like how he kind of throws in a little bit here. Okay, I'm doing all this, but if I've got iniquity in my heart, he's not going to hear this. But he has heard me. And I think he's thinking about, okay, here's what God has done for me. This is what, I mean, I think we have to think about that. We have to think about our relationship with God. We have to think about what we're bringing to the table. You know, the Bible talks about that. If you've got aught with your brother, you, 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 you lay your, your, your gift down, you go take care of that. You know, we, we don't come with iniquity. We don't come with these things a part of us. Now, it doesn't mean we live a sinless life. But there's things in which we think is okay and still worship God, and it's not okay. And as he says here, if there's iniquity, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord does not hear me. And then finally he says, blessed be God, who has not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. And I think that's one of the greatest things we can praise God for, isn't it? His mercy. He said, but God has heard me, and look, nor, his mer he, nor has he held his mercy from me God has done so much and I challenge each of us this week to think about that think about when we're praying to God think about when we're praising him think about all the things that he's done everything that we know and if we don't know that much about him then we need to study more we need to know the things that he's done we need to know how awesome his works are how powerful he is because trust me one day we will and we want to willingly submit to him, uh, not just because he's powerful that makes us. Thank you very much.